This episode has been brought to you by Subject to Change Customs. Choose Subject to Change for all your custom apparel and promotional product needs. Follow them on all social media at S2CLLC and get your four times dope merch on their website. That's www.shops2c.com. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Four Times Dope Podcast. <clears throat> I am Kisharo, one of your hosts, joined by my brothers, Jamie, Kwame, and Jermaine. Ladies and gentlemen, we have what's a good? special guest in the house tonight. You may have seen him appear on BET, the E! Network, the Style Network, but you might notice more of his fashions from some of our famous favorite celebrities such as Kerry Washington, Mike Epps, Chris Rock, Alicia Keys, Taraji P. Henson, just to name a few. But currently he's working with two of the hottest stars out right now, the beautiful singer and now actress, Andra Day, who is currently getting great reviews for her portrayal as Billie Holiday in the upcoming film, The People vs. Billie Holiday, dropping on February the 26th on the Hulu Network. And also he's working with the fabulous singer songwriter, the beautiful Grammy award winning her. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for my brother, our fellow Eagle, my friend, fashion stylist, image consultant, and now adding entrepreneur to his resume, Mr. War Revise. There you go. What up, Ward? <laughs> right, man, what's going on? <laughs> That's what's a hell up, of an intro. How are you, my friend? Brother, feel real important. That was wow. You kind of don't ever really realize what you've done until you sometimes hear it back. Right. Sure, indeed. How's everybody? I like the candle, Jamie. Check me out, dog. And it's the fruity one joint. (laughs) So, what's the the what's the favorite in your house? Number two. Interesting. Yeah, the right. two, baby. <laughs> interesting. Well, we don't get there. A lot. But let's talk, let's talk about some more other interesting things first <laughs> before we get there. Okay. <laughs> Gotta promote boys. Straight, Gotta straight promote. to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, since we have been in COVID, right? I yep. have found some things that I did not think I would like, but I have grown accustomed to liking, which I'm sure we all have. So I want you to tell me something that you have found that you like, like, wow, I like this, I enjoy this, or I'm comfortable with this, you know, since COVID. Something you have found or explored during COVID. I'll go first, so give you time to think about it, okay? For example, so, when I go to bed at night, right, I always sleep in like pajamas or like basketball shorts, but I don't wear underwear, you know, when I sleep because I don't, I'm a very hot natured person and I don't like all those clothes. That's one. And two, I don't feel like 
washing or changing drawers again when I get up in the morning. Because if I go to sleep in drawers, then I'm gonna feel like I need to change in the morning when I get up. This, and I ain't got time for all that washing drawers. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, I have not been to work since March, right? So usually I get up and I wash up. I throw some either sweats on or basketball shorts or just whatever lounge pants, but I don't put in any underwear on, right? So I'm sitting around the house all day doing work. And basically Where are you going? Exactly. So, so <laughs> <laughs> I have found, well, I didn't, I realized that actually when I had to run out the house one day, Tawana was like, can you go get us some lunch? And so I was at my computer, I got up and ran out the house and realized I did not have any drawers on. <laughs> I just had on the pants that I had on. But while I was out, I was like, yo, like this really feels really good. I didn't realize that, yo, like I really like going commando. So I have explored and now really love going commando. And for some people, that's a norm for them. But for me, I was never a person who was like, I would never go out the house with drawers on. Because my mom always told me, you make sure you wear clean drawers when you go out. Yeah. I love commando now. That's something that I have found <laughs> during COVID. So, oh, God. <laughs> worry. What is something you have explored and found that you enjoy now since COVID? You really out here setting the bar tonight. <laughs> you, dog. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm over here like, I just realized that I like Parmesan cheese as an adult. And you fucking, <laughs> <laughs> I realized I don't like to wear drawers. Welcome to the club, I guess. I mean, uh, that's a standard for years, but. Um, what is something during COVID that I've realized that I like that I didn't like before? Yeah. Is that what yeah, the question is? Just something you found, yeah, that you like. Okay, now I like this, so well, I enjoy this. Well, mine is a little bit different. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> a lot. Um, something that I found is peace of mind. Um, over this period of time, I mean, you know, I've been through so much shit and seen so much and it it was a make or break point for me it was one of those mm -hmm. moments where it was like either you're gonna let this take you all the way down or you're gonna rise from it you'll find your way to come out of this better or um you know yeah better better was the only option um as you know i lost my grandmother and then like it was kind of uncertain what work would be like um, when COVID started, I was in the Dominican Republic, ended up staying there for four months. And there was just a peace of mind every night, just only hearing the ocean and seeing the sky. And it gave me a chance to recalibrate. So a lot of things that I would have tolerated or were a part of my life that were not necessarily for me, mm -hmm. um, they had to go. And Sometimes we double down on our feelings because we're not sure how it's going to affect other people. I tell people all the time that people love you where they have you because they can use you the way they want you. Um, and that just, that wasn't working for me anymore. So yeah, um, I got that peace of mind. Great. All right. Jermaine, what about you, brother? You know what? I think this somewhat echoes what War just touched on. Um, you guys know I had three COVID related deaths in my family within four months. And um, I think for me, just the woes of, and the heaviness of emotions when it comes to death, I think it, I think it, it allowed me to reposition 
my initiative, my personal initiative, um, you know, in terms of like not meeting, not, not that I was not meeting deadlines and things like that, but 21, man, 2021, I really tightened some shit up. Like for real, I really, I really, yeah. I said, you know, 2020 is when I stopped talking and more, even more and started doing even more. 2021, it just, being around that much death in that small window of time, yeah, it, it did the same thing when I was living abroad. When I was, you know, it it, it just gave me a new motor to grind and mm-hmm. and to not create room in my emotional life, spiritual life, personal life, whatever, financial life, or any excuses. Fucking mm-hmm. like seriously, and I'm not mm-hmm. just saying that to say it. So my 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 grind is is um, more magnified. And I think that's something, and not, and not that I was ever afraid to, um, to venture out and tread on this land, mm-hmm. but, um, but death allowed me life, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, because we were caught in the fog, so I agree with what you're saying. It shook you out of your fog. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. All right, well, Jamie, go ahead, my brother. Uh, in COVID, I found cycling to be a real uh, sport that, I mean, a sport that I really, really like, like legit cycling and laying in a hammock and just really finding solitude and listening to podcasts is my real big, like, yo, that's my shit podcast. I'm trying to find the best one I can listen to. I'm all into EYL right now. Uh, I love comedy, so I'm listening to Kevin Hart's podcast. And the one I listen to the most is um, my girl from uh, ESPN, uh, Unbothered with Jamel Hill. Yo, oh, that's my yeah. shit, mm-hmm. yo. Yeah. I really rock with Jamel. Yeah. And um, I listen to her and Van Jump, Van Lathan on uh, uh, Down in the Hole. So my thing was really podcast. I really got into, and this crazy part is we started one last year. But I was already listening to those podcasts like way back in March already. So I really went headlong into listening and finding out about more folk via podcasts. Right. Mm. That's true. All right. Yeah. Mr. I think, I, yeah, I think for me it was it's kind of similar to what Bory and Jermaine's uh, saying, maybe in different ways. Uh, it was more slowing down and like I said, mm-hmm. and taking time to notice the small things like and, and and things I've probably really noticed since being a child, like trees and and just nature, yeah, you know, and just those things, like things I never pay attention to really, mm-hmm. and just having a greater appreciation for it. Like um, I think over the summer we we uh, my my family went to like the Blue Ridge Mountains and drove through that and everything and seeing like you know I just really enjoyed it. It was like a a little tranquility, you know, just doing that. So yeah, just the small things and just, and just really appreciating it. So that's what I found during COVID. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> so y'all all just left me on the boat by myself. Y'all just went deep. I'm on the I mean, my goodness, dog. <laughs> 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 talk about your balls hanging out. We, we like, I mean, to be honest, man, I, I've been doing that. Like that's come on, dog. I mean, like <laughs> that's, yeah, what I said. that's what I was saying. Most people, it's it's common to a lot of people. That's why I was like. I was like, I never do nothing like that. And now I actually love it. So that's why I thought like that. Welcome to the club. You know what's crazy? The older I get, if it ain't comfortable, I ain't doing it. So (laughs) talk about it. That's church right there. That's the bottom line. (laughs) Elastic waistbands and no drones. 
No draw. That's it. Raw dog in the world, baby. That's what you do with. I don't even put shoes on no more. Just wear Birkenstocks. <laughs> just wear I got a whole wall full of shoes. I just wear Birkenstocks. That's All funny, man. Hey, oh make it work. Whatever yeah. works. Comfortability. Well, <laughs> speaking of wearing and not wearing, HBCUs, I feel like, have has, like I said, HBCU itself is like a culture within itself. But I think... Um, there are cultures within cultures. And I feel like uh, fashion is definitely a culture within HBCU community, especially at NCCU, you know, since that's our alma mater. And I feel like um, if you went to NCCU, you somehow embraced a sense of fashion. Even if you didn't, even if you weren't necessarily, what you, I guess what they call now a trendsetter, yeah. there, was something, there was something you picked up from NCCU as far as fashion goes. And I feel like a lot of times when I went to visit other schools, I didn't get that same sense of, well, the same culture of fashion that we have at NCCU. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yep. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So, Lori, you've been on our guest and you know you are in the fashion industry. What are your thoughts on HBCU fashion specifically at NCCU. You know, this is one of those situations in the in the interview process where I'm like literally hanging on your every word because you started the last segment with some crazy shit. So I'm like, is he gonna say something crazy? <laughs> let me let me pay attention just in case. Right, um, that's that's woo. part of the diversity yeah, of the nope, nope. And I'm I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm on the ride. Got it. Um, I think one of the things that's special about North Carolina Central University and fashion um, in North Carolina in particular uh, in the Triangle region and maybe a little bit of Greensboro is the fact that it's right in the middle. So you get right. a little bit of New York, mm. a little bit of DC, you get a little bit of Atlanta, Florida, those who are coming from the West. So there's a hodgepodge of what's going on. I know there was a point in time where, you know, slouch socks and parasuco jeans came from DC and pretty much took over every girl's ass at our school. Yes, it did. Mm -hmm. um, did miracles. But the same would end up happening for slouch socks and New Balances. Like you start to see the other way that people rock their clothes, right. which speaks to where they come from you know, right. how they express themselves. Um, you know, me being from Harlem is loud, it's Prince, it's, it's fly, like it's that that whole mentality. But then you take it and you mix it with a little bit of the Durango boots that were being worn in North Carolina at the time. And yep. uh, it's funny because all those things are circulating and coming back into play now. But um, I think that was a heavy influential pit stop, if you will, because right. you have places like the power company right. where on a Wednesday night, you know, you never knew who was riding down 85, 95 to get to this little town to just stop off and have a good time. And um, I think one of the things that was really important in Central is that people weren't afraid to take chances. Man. Um, so you have people like Happy who would walk around campus, you know, Totally expressing, uh, total expression in the way that she dressed herself. Even Aaron Tucker, um, who's also a stylist now, you know, he's always had his own sense of style and 
um, just being in Bambavant and seeing the way that other people carried themselves and the creative levels that people would go to because it was a thing to be different. It was a thing to stand out, you know, even right. Jamie and his shirts. I've probably seen him cut a t-shirt in a million ways. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, right. so it's, it's all in the expression of how the person sees itself, but we were lucky to have that type of hodgepodge at our school across the board. Right. Not only that, too, something you said that makes sense that I thought about for myself about when you say take chances. I think a lot of times, a lot of people did take chances, even if they were not the right time to take those chances. On specific, <laughs> speaking specifically uh, for myself, because when I tried to wear um, Timberland boots, no, for the first time, I will, I remember a clear as day, I remember the outfit, and I was like, I'll never wear this again. I had a, a fatigue shirt on with some black jeans and some Tim's. And I thought I was so fly with that get up on. And so yeah. my girl came downstairs and she was like, what do you have on? Like, this does not even look right when you, this is not you. It's like, what are you doing? And so when I actually you looked look at myself, DC? I was like, yeah, this this didn't this didn't fly over well. <laughs> I tried it, but it didn't fly over well. I wasn't ready at that time. But years later, 10, 15 years later, I rocked it with no problem. So it was, like, it was basically right. I took a chance on a that too early, particular dog. style. Yeah, I was too early for that. That wasn't for me. But <laughs> so I'm glad you said that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So Jamie, what about you? What's your thoughts on fashion? Well, fashion, see, I'm a country boy. So I got my fashion from three folk. It was Derek Newchurch, there's Tawana Green, and Jermaine Jones. So Jermaine took me to the damn mall and got me straight. So I got my shoes. I had two pairs of shoes when I got to Central. Because, you know, mom was like, he can't afford that shit. But I got in a wreck and I got a settlement for $2,000. I spent a thousand that. that shit in the mall, boy. We <laughs> got that. that. <laughs> so the years evolved. I, found, I got my style up and, and, you know, got enough clothes for it. But trust me, my country self was watching how those D.C. folk dress. Of course, how those New York folk dress. And more importantly, how to lay it out. Because <laughs> fashion mm -hmm. is about, are you going to let the shoes do the work? Or are you going to let the top do the work? Who's working today? Can't be both. Right. <laughs> can't be both. You can't, right. you can't do Is it going to be the, uh, what was the shoes at the time? The New Balance? Right. You had to have your New Balance. You had to have your Tim. And then you had to have your uh, Jordan. Some so Jordan of some sort. And you had to have a jersey. This is back in the late 90s, early 2000s. But thank God for DMX because all we had to do then was cut up shirts and just be out because by the time I was cute. Right. So I didn't have to worry about keeping up with anybody. All I need was fatigue, anything bottom, and then a purple top, just like I got on now. So you see my style. <laughs> but we were certainly watching those girls, man, those Parasuco jeans and... Oh, the, denim denim skirt, the denim skirts with the Tims on. I used to love yep. the denim skirt and right. Tims. Slouch <laughs> socks in the Tims. I lived in D.C. for a summer, uh, summer 2000. I was in an internship. And I was like, yo, this shit is real life. This is not up for debate. They are living this thing here in D.C. How we saw it down in Durham. So um, my style came from my friends just watching and observing. Because trust me, my <laughs> before then, I was just terrible at best. <laughs> Mr. Jones, yeah. what you got for us, brother? Oh man, you, I think oh. I, I would consider you a little trendsetter. I, I might oh yeah, say. my man's a trendsetter. Yeah, let I me mean, tell first you day I saw you packing like 
your car was full of clothes the first day I saw you on campus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Leather coats and jeans and shoes for days. Yep. Like, who is this guy? Wow. <laughs> so go ahead. And you know what? It's it's funny when we talk about fashion. I think for me, um, I've always been my family, um, especially the older men, even the women in my family, but the older men were always neat when they left home. They when they got dressed every single day, they had creases in their pants, like my older uncles and stuff like that. They wore mm. hats and they were fly. And I was always taught that, um, and I mentioned this earlier to someone that you make the clothes, the clothes don't make you. And right. I was always taught that your personality and your identity, right, are affixed to your to, to fashion. And that's why to me, and to get too far off topic, fellas, but I think about this all of the time. I'm not lying. I think about how my sense of fashion when I got to when I arrived at NCCU, it 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 was heightened because HBCU culture is rooted in fashion and showing out. I think that's everyone would agree with that, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I agree with that. Right, shit. right, right, right. And to me, when I got to Central with 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 this gumbo, this fashion gumbo, it reminded me of 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 what I've studied in the Hall of Renaissance, right? And 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 how our fashion basically was, it, it expressed us as individuals. So here's what I did know. When I arrived at NCCU, I knew that when I wore a suit, my belt should match my shoes, right? Yep, brown on brown, black on black. Right. I also knew that you get your suits altered to athletically or whatever, but they should be a mold of you, right? So, right. We, so I took that from the dressy world and then my urban look, you know me, give me some Levi's or some Lee's, some sneakers, some mm -hmm. Air Max. I can do the Tim's, whatever, but I'm going to make it work for my body type. And I, and I think I've always dressed for my body type. I never really did the big baggy, baggy, baggy jeans, but they weren't slim, slim. But you know Jermaine Jones is coming because I'm probably going to have a Nike sweatshirt on with some jeans and a gray Nike, some, some Nike, some, something simple, but it mm -hmm. speaks to my personality. And I think that's what made my fashion my sense of fashion overwhelming. I merged it with my old heads, the Harlem Renaissance and the swag they had. And worry, 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 no, in Harlem, it was just a different swag, right? When it came to fashion. And I think for me, I just merged it with what I learned at NCCU and what I saw. And I just, yeah. I just, I just put things together. So, but I've always had, I've always had a love for, and I just, matter of fact, my birthday <clears throat> months back, um, this spot in the MGM Grand called Stitch. I went and got a, got a tux made. I always had this thing for picking out my fabric and getting my suits made at that stage. Uh, you understand uh, what I'm saying? That's yeah. just my fashion. So, but anyway, that's, that's the NCCU to me was like the Harlem Renaissance where I was able just to really be cultivated in fashion. And, 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 and guess what? Hey, choose what, what did and what didn't work for me. Because there were some things that didn't work for me. It was dope. <laughs> what are, what's one of the things that didn't work for you? Um, so, so you know what really didn't work for me? Um, and me being an athlete, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna come back to your question. I remember all the all the all the ball players, football players. We we ended up. I don't know how we did this, but we ended up wearing sweatpants, brown tims, and leather coats every day. All leather day, coats. every day. Yes. All day, every day. Right. <laughs> I don't know why. But more, but what, <laughs> what did not work for me? What did not work for me? Um, go ahead. Somebody say, I thought I heard somebody say, 
Oh no, I was saying was that what didn't work? Because oh oh yeah no no yeah that didn't work that didn't work it 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 it, it didn't work um I just but but Ward I don't know why I I don't know if it was like we were just in uniform but yes uniform all the time gray sweatpants black leather jacket jacket and a and a maroon hoodie with the hood over the over the jacket top every single and Tim day. Every but I have to say the only thing that used to burn me up is that you guys were wearing six inch with no leather. Yeah. The, the <laughs> right, right, the, boys, right. the eight inch with the leather top, but right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, yeah. What's up? What you got? Yeah, well, we're talking about like fashion fails. Fails. I'll start there first. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so like if you don't know. I'm going there. I'm going there. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, for people who don't know, is not familiar with North Carolina Central. They have this thing called 1040 break. And 1040 break is Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1040 to 1135. If there's no classes in the warmer months, um, then you, you'd be on the, the main part of the yard, the patio. They, got, they used to have a DJ. Everybody's out there the women, all the fellas out there, and everything. Rappers. Rappers. Dope boys, anybody you can think about that's in Durham, <laughs> All the they are there. You know what I mean? So it's almost it was almost like a fashion statement that you had to make. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't be slouching going on the yard, especially during that period of time. Yeah, I remember one time I had like this hill figure shorts, and I had like a hill figure shirt, but it was like matching. And, and I, I can't remember what kind of shoes I had on, but I mean, I I was you couldn't tell me anything. I was in the yard. I mean, I was like a peacock out there. And then Jimmy walked up on me, he's like, damn, dog, why you got a damn short set on? <laughs> I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, damn. Hey, like, like, yeah, man. Yeah. like a mailman. See, that's what they make you look like a mailman when you wear it. Man, I, who said Jamie, that? Jamie said it to him, yeah. Yeah, he said it to me. And I, I looked at myself. That gym was crazy. Like you remember them short sets you had back, like in the late eighties. Yes. If you got like North North Carolina or uh, like Tar Heels, the, the shirt and the, and the, and the shorts. Tar Heels top, Tar Heel bottom. Like, no, man, I, I was looking like a damn fool. It was a red shirt with a blue and white stripe on the side, and the shorts were all blue with the same blue and white stripe on the side of the shorts. That's a short set, yo. <laughs> yo, my damn self esteem went down immediately after. Short set, man. I'm like. Yo, I don't think you're supposed to be wearing a short set. In my brain, I'm like, that? It was freaking crazy, yo. I mean, it looks like that. Even though I don't care. Yeah. out, match it out. Man, I was like, uh, match it out. But, but, but even go more further about, like, Central in general, like, I had compared, like, our school to other uh, HBCUs. And I kind of think, like, most HBCUs kind of more, like, in the East Coast side of it, fashion is kind of a thing. I mentioned yeah. before in an earlier you know, episode, but I like to me, and this is just my short window of how I see things. Uh, and, but when I go like deep down south, like Louisiana, places like the Alabama, it, it kind of feels like it's not as, it's not the same vibe. Not saying they don't care about fashion or anything like that, but it's just like a different vibe to me, just looking outside, looking in. For us, it felt like it was always, always the case. Like you said, we had 1040 break, the fashion show. We had Chicken Wednesdays. You're in the cafeteria, fashion show, because the DJ there, the girl's going to be there, the fellas going to be there. And, you know, saying, of course, when you go out, you can miss a fashion show. If you're going to, if you're going to the Bon Levant show, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely a fashion show, because I mean, that's literally a fashion, fashion show. 
Exactly. But even the people who exactly. <laughs> can't be slouching and going that there. Can you explain to people what Bombavant is, Worry, so they know oh, yeah. what it was about? Uh, Bombavant Fashion Society was literally just that. It was people that were interested in um, fashion, modeling, um, somewhat the business side of it. I think there's a couple more organizations that are like that now. So they've got, you know, little rivalries. They got five. Yeah, they've got little rivalries and such going on now. Um, <laughs> because it's become. Such, but we would get together and, you know, there were people that would call and contact designers to get clothes. We would make clothes. That's why I did a lot of experimenting with styling, designing. There's a point in time where I was like cutting jeans and putting feathers on them, and I remember that, that was '97. Charles, speak, speaking of, that was that was in '99 because my friend he Charles. Yep. Do you remember those? I remember very. Well. I thought it was brilliant to cut. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant to crop a pair of pants and put feathers at the bottom because I had some mm-hmm. gray Durango boots. Anyway, talk about fashion fails. Um, <laughs> with a huge cowboy hat. Oh, it was, wish I had but you that know picture. what? I, I, it's on my Instagram. That people can no, I have it. the picture um, right now. I wish I had it right now. <laughs> but you um, pulled it off? I'm sure you pulled it off, Ward. You know what? He pulled did. it off my confidence because I just didn't give a fuck. He didn't care. Exactly. I was, I, either, at Central, either you loved me or hated me. Right, so right, right. When, once I stepped out the door, no matter if I was in a white t-shirt and a pair of jeans, like, you just had to be confident in what you were doing. Right. You know what I mean? Because being a part of Bombavant, we did take those fashion risks, you know? Because um, we were emulating what we were interested in. Um, and it yeah. was different to some people. So we definitely took the chances. Do you feel like Bombavant started something like at other schools? Because I did not hear, I pers- me personally, I didn't hear about a lot of the fashion troops at HBCUs until Bombavant. It's kind of like when I got exposed to Bombavant, mm. then I saw it more at other schools. Nah, no, it's always other been schools there. existed. They, yeah. Again, like you said, there's cultures within cultures. Mm-hmm. So that was a culture unto itself. The, those competitions were happening since the 80s. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. A lot of those schools already had mm. troops and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. it, it was like some bring it on type shit. Like, we yeah. know they have legit. spies coming. <laughs> no, legit. Like, we have legit. spies coming and watching through to see what routines we were doing and stealing shit and taking it back. Because there were competitions. That's how we actually funded the organization we would compete to mm. get the money. Mm. So... They would, yeah, it was it was crazy. Between that and the hair shows and just all that wild shit. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Well, Kwame, you got any final? Oh, words? Yeah. oh yeah, yeah. So it was pretty much. I was just trying to just like set like the tones for people who's not familiar. Like I said, just like the fashion uh, part of attending uh, HBCU, especially at Central, it was there, and it was different aspects of being on campus and just going to those different events, whatever and stuff, and. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, you had to be that way, but it was just there, you know what I mean? So it was just a part of it, even if you weren't the most fashionist person, you know, the fashion forward person there, like you, you felt it and you can yeah. tell it's there, you know what I'm saying? Um, and um, you know who could dress, you know who couldn't dress. So it's just like, I mean. There was a certain level of consciousness with everybody though. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you could tell that there was a certain effort, even if there was just like one piece, there was some right. type of effort. Like you had to put, I think the only person that I know 
at Central that just didn't care. Was Tibbet Man doing water? Coveting you. Oh, Jamar Hart. Shut up! <laughs> like, Hart just didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a fuck. But his confidence was his thing. So yeah, that was it. You know. I'm gonna wear these jeans. And so you're Jamar gonna shut Harp up because I'm gonna wear my, these jeans. Yeah. my chapter brother and Jamar Harper was the Q's Q. He wore jeans cut up with his balls out, just like Sharo. Right. But right. he wore it with confidence, sincerely. He just <laughs> he's a he's and a he bum's bum. He does not care. I don't care that you know that these jeans is busted in the back. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but worry. Jamar but, started you, but you learn from that. That's that yeah. for me is a certain level of confidence in how to carry yourself. Believe it or Whether not, we like it or not, that was his shit. Yeah. And he was like, whatever. He started whatever a trend in that fraternity line. where people are wearing cut up camos. If you look at a cue that has a cut up, his shorts are cut up at the bottom. Trust me, we got pictures. Jamar Harp started at first. He started in my apartment on Ruby Street. Guarantee I got pictures and everything. But today <laughs> in 2021, that happened in 2000. Brothers are cutting up the camouflage shorts like he did. Mm, Nobody yeah. did that before him. So you're so funny. Right. They probably don't even know. <laughs> they don't. They don't know. It caught like wildfire. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. NCCU trendsetters. Sometimes people didn't even know it, <laughs> but we were. I'm, I'm telling y'all. Right. Yeah, sorry, right. True. That's right. Yeah. So, and so, you can fry a mean piece of fish, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so, so so we talking about kind of like talking to my fraternity brothers and stuff like that. I want to ask uh, y'all, what are your thoughts and about white people joining fraternities and sororities. And I know that the thing has, that's been kind of um, the controversy of white people attending HBCUs, but I just want to kind of focus on the, on the fraternity and sorority piece. Um, so let me try to, Jermaine, what, what's your thoughts about that? Do, do you like, you know, I know you, you're a Mason, but outside as far as Greek, what, what's your thoughts about that as far as, you know, as far as that goes? As far as white what white folks joining uh black sororities and fraternities at HBCUs? Yes. Black, black fraternities and sororities wherever. You don't have to be HBCUs. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, you know what? So I, I look at it like this. Um uh, my sister's an AKA. I'm actually gonna ask that chick too. Um what she think about thinks about this. But here's 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 my thing. I you know I think some things I think are off limits. Let me be clear. Um, I think some things are off limits when it comes to our culture, right? But I do believe too that some things are like a book, like, and I look at it like that, like a white person dil diligently trying to read a book about our culture, right? Have at it. I think if you can align with the signs and tokens, and you can get through the rigmarole of getting your ass beat. And you, this is something you really want to do outside of. Sorry, Phi Beta Sigma is a non-hazing fraternity. I just want to <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about as far as speaking and all that. I don't know. Okay, my bad, my bad, my bad. I'm sorry. I don't know about that. But but I think I think I think that if 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 it's something that they diligently want to diligently want to do beyond, I think it just has to be beyond their own personal interest. Like you really have to be interested in the founders and black culture and how that particular sorority or fraternity has provided um, um, particular or afforded black folks a different type of lifestyle, right? Because mm -hmm. those are networking tools. Those are powerful networking tools that we need, um, you know, to help us navigate through 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 life. So me personally, um, on the surface, I'm like, oh, okay. 
because I've been around Carolina and Duke and, I, and I've seen how they play. And I've been around, I even work well, a few of the professors I work with, they, they are in these sororities and fraternities. And um, it's just different, different culture, right? But I, right. I, I personally don't have a, I don't have a problem with it. Um, mm-hmm. Just don't feel like that's a pass for you to start saying the N-word. That's what I, you know, and, and, and doing some other stuff. Like, mm. I got a problem with that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that will happen. I'm just saying, in terms of comfortability, I still think, like Eminem and rap, you're just a visitor in this house of culture, right? Mm. You can become accustomed to it and you can use it, but there's just certain things that you would never be able to just align with beyond that particular yeah. entity, if that makes sense. It makes so, sense. But, but, to, but to answer your question, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with it. Jane, what about you, man? Well, um, like I said, a young Jamie would have a problem with it because I'm thinking nobody could be a Q other than me, which is short-sighted. Uh, <laughs> it goes to real-life situations. So, of course, I have a young friend, uh, Ryan Schaefer. He's out of Durham, North Carolina. So Ryan wanted to pledge Omega Psi Phi back at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And he was online three different times, and they wouldn't allow him to carry over. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't pick him. There's a difference. Okay. But he plays three different times. And his story is he came from Durham Hillside, which is black as night. He was in the band at Hillside. One of his coaches was a bruh. So these things, if you're from the culture, you're going to probably want to be in the culture. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell him he's wrong for wanting to do what he's been, what he's around. seen right. and been around. He's mm-hmm. not wrong. To us, he's just the wrong color. But whose fault is that? It's not his fault. Right. It's the fact that he is. You know, he's been raised by you know his these people, and he never deterred. He persevered and he got through in Harlem of all places. Ryan Schaefer's a Q. Why does why does he want to be? But he's a Q from Harlem, not from Carolina. And that's Harlem. that's not an easy feat. Those no. those Harlem, those Brooklyn Qs are crazy. They're crazy. But my man persevered. He he was at it since undergrad. He's an adult man now. So that is a shining example of well, he wasn't in it for the bullshit. He wasn't in it for the moment. He persevered through. So that proved me wrong. Right. And what I may have thought, because that boy stuck with it. So that's a that's a that's a literal example of someone from another uh color who's I'm fr- I'm with y'all. I wake up every day. I go to class. I'm with all these black folk. I, and, and here's another story about Schaefer. He went to Carolina, but he came and uh, stayed and he, he uh, was in Central's band every day. So make it make sense, y'all. The boy was a student at Carolina. Mm-hmm. He drove every day to Durham to be in our band because he didn't like the way Carolina drum, Carolina's drumline was. So mm-hmm. for three years, I, I, I just knew that he was a student at Central. No. He's a Schaefer, as a stu- he graduated from Carolina, went to Howard Law, got in good with the Alpha Chapter Brush. So it's stuff like that. His story mm. is, is, is his story. So it makes yeah. everything situational. Right. Now, if yeah. you're just a culture vulture, you're just coming in and swooping in trying to get right. something while you leave. Right. I or mean, while you're here. Type stuff. Mm. Yeah. Right. It'll, it'll come out in the wash. And Schaefer has shown that's just one example. Mm-hmm. I know plenty of uh, bros, plenty of white bros. Schaefer has shown through his example of perseverance that he wasn't in here for the short term. He was certainly in it for what we told him what it was worth. Right. And he and he and he showed true. So 
the young me would have been like, oh, hell no. I can't believe that you would want to do this. We're going to kill you. Literally. We're going to kill you. Mm-hmm. But she's like, look, man, I'm still here. So right. the hey, old Jamie. me is like, nah, I've been, sh- I've been shown different. Hey, Jim, I'm going to circle back to you. I got, I got a question. I'm going to let, let Worry go. Then Shara okay. go for myself. I'm going to ask you, too. All right, All right. Worry, what's your thoughts about I'll it? Forget your question, Carmen. No, I got it. <laughs> okay. But I usually do forget. <laughs> <laughs> so in life, I guess you do have the Shapers. Uh, you have the Joan Mohollands, right? She's the first white to become Greek. Um, they're far and few between. <sighs> I don't know. It's tough. I don't, I, I... <laughs> Be honest. How you feel? Yeah, how do you feel? Uh, well, it's also a public platform, so I don't want to. <laughs> I'll smile. Now, um, there are those, like you said, that will see it through. And that's that's a wonderful thing. Um, and they'll go to the limits and the levels that they need to go to in order to prove their interest and their worth in the organizations. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of white brothers in our chapter. Um, and they've proven to, you know, be great dudes. Um, yeah, it's just different. I mean, there's there's different sides of it as far as where it comes from in our history and what it right. means to us. Right, that's right. And how it affects us and what right. it has helped us to achieve and accomplish. Mm-hmm. There are certain places that as black men, we just cannot go. Right. They are blue blood through and through, white and white, and that's what it is, and that is their network, and that's how they see it. Right. Um, and occasionally, one of us might slip through their cracks and you know, be able to take advantage of that network, but I think it's one of those things where the situations become, they become super tough, and we yeah. purposely make it tough because we want to see how much you really have to give, and we really want to know how much you you know deem yourself worthy to be a part of this and i mean the brother tried what you said three four times before he finally got it no he tried three times and they wouldn't allow him there's a difference not that he quit they wouldn't take him no not that he quit i'm saying on on the flip side Mm -hmm. we're not letting him in Mm -hmm. correct yes you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like where we could sign up and you know yeah get on and you do it it's like let's see if you're gonna keep coming back you know what I Correct. mean? And I guess if it's in their heart that much, then so be it. But mm-hmm. yeah. Sure, how about you, man? Um, <laughs> that shit just made me sweat. Y'all got me a good sweat. <laughs> 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 I don't want to answer like, this shit. I don't want to. <laughs> You know, I, I, shout out to Richie and Russ. You know, I love the white bros, but you know, shit just be shit hit different sometimes. It just hits different. Like, and I'll just say this because we in a fraternity, you know, the inclusive. Like, you can't not, you can't turn people away. It's 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 different. Um, well, that's the thing I was gonna say. I think you you can't turn people away, but I think I gotta be all the way can't. fucked up tonight. <laughs> Good job. But you can't. But you can, for example, like I, I I understand where you're coming from to a certain degree. It's kind of like why can't we have certain things? I get something and I, right, and I right. Do, something. I also right. feel right, <laughs> but I also feel like too. Again, 
I find myself saying this a lot. I think sometimes we pick and choose how we go about doing things and how we go about selecting things. Um, yeah. For example, like you said, we do have some some white boys in our chapter and they turn out to be cool, you know what I mean, and present themselves well. But I feel like, and this is just me, that might be wrong to say, if I had a hand in picking certain ones, I probably wouldn't if it was up to me. And what I mean when I say that is like, if, a lot, some of them got swag about themselves, you know, and they're kind of cool, but for like, like a dopey, opie type came, I, I don't know if I would be as like, oh, she But go be, into and that, he, why? And he might, huh? Why? Right. Is it because he's not relatable to you? Because he's whack. It, it, well, corny, yeah. That's what like saying. that guy y'all had like from Florida or someplace. Well, what if he believes in guy? the same thing? Honeycut. <laughs> what if he believes what? Butternut. What if he believes in the same thing you believe in now? I mean, because you got some it. black brothers that's corny like that too. Wait, right. That's my point. I'm trying, that's my right. That's what I'm trying to say. I think we, we pick and choose sometimes, so it's kind of like oh, it's hard. Man. It's it's a that's it's just a really hard question to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would wait really till I come on question. and talk about stuff like this. Everybody gets to laugh at any jokes. Who was you fucking in college? Like, and then I get on and I want to fucking talk about race relations. And shit. <laughs> but, but, but you know what? Real quick, real quick. I feel like I'm being hazed right now. Real, real quick, <laughs> what hazed feels like, but real quick, what 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 Rory, what 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 um, like the ticket, the ticket, the, the fraternity ticket is, is to transition us, to help us get through what some people will say, like a middle-class lifestyle, whatever. But like, you don't need that ticket. We need this, right? We need this fraternity. Saying. We need this to go on our CVs and resumes. You don't need this, right? You, 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 you have an all-inclusive, uh, uh, a ticket to the club. We only have standing room only in America, right? Yeah, you so have we, a ticket um, called privilege. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's that's where things for me start to get a little gray. It's no longer black and white because you know, and we can go further and go on and on and on. But but I, I am flattered that you want to be you want to you want to peek inside of our culture and see how we're doing things. But at the end of the day, beyond the four years at this institution, it's gonna look a lot differently for us than it is for them. Mm-hmm. And that's, you feel and that's, the same way about masonry, like. Um, yeah, definitely. But well, here's the thing: when you talk about masonry and, and fraternities and sororities, why do they exist? Why do HBCUs exist? Because we were marginalized. Because we, those folks knew we needed. Listen, I'm gonna say this because y'all know I can go on all night. I'm gonna say war. I'm gonna fall back war. Give me. Let me just say this war. Let me. Let me say this. We. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. I'm real too dead because we, we, them, those. Let me just say, Don't those founders, those founders, and those folks, those folks knew they foresaw that we would need something that would establish us as our and have and help us to have our own identity in America. And they knew that there was no way them white folks was going to let us be a part of what they had going on. So these things were established. Now. Yes, yeah, up to us to let that let let you know the counterparts in. But I take this seriously. I take us being on the y'all know. I take this seriously. I take all of y'all. I love all of you guys because you guys are part of what has changed my life. So I take it seriously. Even 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 with um even with um 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 letting counterparts into HBCUs, I value that. I take it seriously because though that's our establishment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
the other side of that is this. Like what was saying, damn, you want to be a part of my bad. Can y'all hear me now? Yeah. Okay, you want to be a part of a struggle? What is it? What is it? What is it so enticing about our grand duel, about our struggle that you want to come in and, be, and get a piece of? So it's something favorably interesting about us, but I'm just saying at the end of the day, what we use these sororities and fraternities for, you don't need that. So have, so what is it about this that you want? Because again, when we graduate and it's time to get into the real world, we're still going to need something that you already have. Well, I think that's subjective because the reality is these are exclusive situations. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So the history mm -hmm. itself is exclusive. The networking abilities are exclusive. The brotherhood is exclusive. Whether you're an Omega or an Alpha or Sigma or, you know, yeah. What is the other one? Iota? Yeah. Oh, and those. So, you know, like <laughs> if that 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 camaraderie is a level of exclusivity where we bonded over something to get to a place to look out for each other. Even in the MPHC as a whole, even though I'm not a Q, if I see one, I recognize that we've been through something similar. There's right. a level right. of exclusivity that is there that right. That is our privilege. So mm. it's a privilege to let them in. It's kind of like being in a sorority at Spelman. You're already at an all-girls school and now yeah. you're trying to join a sorority. You know right. what I mean? So it's it makes it even more that that much more selective in what you're doing. Um, yeah. so those that get in, you know, the Jones of the world, the Ryans of the world, uh, the Russes of the world, the Richies of the world, that's that's great. Is it for all, all no. the time? I don't know. That's that's where the sifting comes out and that's where the process mm. becomes a little bit more arduous for them. Right. You know, the same way that it would be for us to get into their their networks. Like we're not walking into the skulls tomorrow. No, nah, you you're not. Well, well their right. bloodline. So I don't know if you wish, were you finished, Kashara? Yeah, Yeah, well, I gotta, well, normally I would feel probably that way. And I, and I feel like from my perspective, I have a, it's a little different, and and I think because my line brother is white, and I seen the road that he was going through very closely, so my perspective was a little bit different. And maybe if I was in that situation with him, and I know his story was, I didn't I didn't feel the fact that he wanted to join Sigma was because he wanted to be part necessarily part of a fraternity. It was a group of brothers that he was cool with just on some friends we play spades we hang out it's type stuff and they was hanging out regularly and when it, well, i guess they kind of from my understanding kind of like courted him that group of sigmas whatever at that mm -hmm. time and he had a genuine friendship with him and then that that piqued his interest so i don't think it's one of those things in his case where he felt like oh this is a paternity i want to be in it was more so he established a friendship with a group of sigmas that it was genuine and they kind of involved in that because if I'm being honest, from what I remember, <laughs> he didn't. Really, I don't really think he know what he got himself into at the beginning. That's what it sounded like. And and but <laughs> but at the same time, you know what I'm saying. I seen I seen it's funny it's kind of discrimination that you know it was a, a different sect of brothers who wasn't really a favorite at you know it was, we didn't want no white boy coming our fraternity. So it was that vibe and that same thing. So you had these two counteracts going in. So of mm. course you know you have. Those brothers who wasn't in favor of it, you know, he's a target at this point. You know what I mean? So I, oh yeah. But 
for me, because I've seen what he what he went through, I feel like it was genuine, and and um and for him to be you know to get through that whole situation, whatever and stuff, I, he earned a level of respect for me, whatever and stuff. And even outside of that, I don't feel like you know his rights as far as like what he feel about the black culture. I feel like he he still himself. I don't feel like he's trying to be nothing that, he, that he's not, and the fact that but he's still he's still aware, and I think sometimes black people. We sometimes forget that we didn't do all this by ourselves. We didn't have HBO, HBCUs all by ourselves. You know what I'm saying? We didn't get out no, of slavery all by ourselves. You know what I'm saying? You had to have right. abolitionists that were white. You had to have you had to have a uh, philanthropist people who started some of these HBCUs, HBCUs, whether it was genuine or not. That's, that could be you know, that's questionable, of course. Right. But some people are really allies, and they're not trying to be culture vultures and stuff. And I think. In that specific case, this is what I have, you know, feel for him. I might be biased. I know I'm biased to it, <laughs> but, but, yeah. but you know what I mean? But I see for a different lens. If I wasn't in that situation with him, along with, you know, what, then I probably may feel a little different. But because of that, I feel like it's genuine. I feel like he earned what he did. And I feel like he wasn't just trying to get along to get along. You know what I mean? Like it was sincere. In my opinion, but I do believe any of them that do get in, they have earned their place to be there. Yeah, because he, because he don't was, think anybody just letting any of them in. Yeah, I mean, because because like you know, at first you know what I'm saying there's certain one niggas don't like you know, so they going for it, and after after a while, it's just like okay, now we you been here for a while, and we see <laughs> other messed up you know people who ain't doing what exposed to. Let's let's focus on them, and the focus got off him because he was doing what he's supposed to be doing. You yeah. know, so, so you know it worked out. You know what I'm saying, and you know so. That's my view, but Jamie, because I know I, I wanted to ask you because I know that your roommate wanted to be be a Delta from yeah. my understanding. And I, yeah. I heard even the time, you know, the Reds, they wasn't having it. Like even girls I thought they was cool with her. <laughs> well, like they, they was like, we nah. didn't know white girl coming out in our sorority. And I was kind of surprised, you know, I don't know why I was surprised, but I actually heard it. And I was, yeah, why would you be surprised? Yes, yeah, so I had to backtrack that though. But like but I think I was more surprised because I was thinking it was like girls that she was actually cool with and she hung with that I actually heard say it. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if you had like a more in-depth, you know, before you kind of transitioned to whatever. Um, uh, well, at the time, Crystal, my my roommate at the time was Crystal Simpson. She's uh, she's in L.A. now. She does a lot of on-air personalities, uh, I think, with the Vegas night. So she's prominent in um, in the world as far as radio but crystal went to southern high school she's from the culture she wanted to be a delta well you got to get somebody to vouch for you and them girls weren't gonna lie to a white girl crystal's white white like blind hair blue eye beautiful white and more importantly they're gonna be jealous of that because if she was brown white they probably wouldn't have an issue but she's white white and there's nothing wrong from her side because she's from our culture you know she wants to do what everybody else is doing well that's a sorority I want to be a part of. And she had all the grades, but she got kiboshed because somebody wrote a bootleg letter and that person wasn't financial. And you have to be financial at the time. So she got done in, you know, by the back door. And I don't know why she didn't see it coming, but I guess that's just her thinking that they were going to allow one of those precious spots because at our particular university, Delta Sigma Theta is a hot commodity. Mm-hmm. And um, they weren't going to allow, I mean, in the early 2000s, I mean, like 2001, we didn't see that happen. That's like, you know, we didn't see a black president, but it happened. But in this particular case, here in the South, where that 
pressure spot was available where they have, you know, people getting sued because you didn't let my daughter become adopted and she's legacy. Mm-hmm. Hell no. Nah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't going to happen. I mean, it can happen now for her, but it wasn't going to happen then. No, not in North Carolina Central and not with all those spots that were not available for anybody, let alone a white girl. But wasn't it about 100 spots or something available? Didn't they have, wasn't, that, wasn't that that line that was like... No, no, no. The, that, in 1999, there were 94 Deltas. Right? Before that, it was in 1995. So they had... Uh, they were in trouble for hazing, allegedly. Right. So there was 95. Was, and then, the, of course, all those... Sororities. Non-hazing <laughs> sorority. Uh, especially Alpha Lambda chapter. The non-hazing. So they had 95, and then they had the situation in 97, so they didn't have a line until fall 99, and they had 94 ladies go over, and then but then they had another line in 2001, I think it was 30 or 20-something. How many? 28. 28, that's right. 28. 28 No Limit Soldiers or something like that? I forgot. Right. But they're, they're, you know, they just had 94, they had 94, and those girls didn't leave. They're still there. No. Being yeah. that 94 spots, it was probably like 400 girls who wanted to be in the 94 spots. So yeah, nah, not more, more like than 4, that. Huh? 4,000. Think about it. It's a commodity, man. To be a Delta from North Carolina Central is a thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a big deal. You're just not going to pop up sticking out like a sore thumb. They're going to get you. Gotcha. There's plenty of ways to get you out of there. So. <laughs> Indeed it is. They did. <laughs> well, that was steep. Thanks, guys. Yeah, <laughs> sorry to take it down through the. Sorry, uh, we're going to transition. Sorry to take it down there through the woods there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the woods should have brought a whole bottle of vodka to this party because this is different. <laughs> you thought you were... times don't give it up different over here, right? <laughs> you know, I'm really because I, I, but and I'll just say as a guest coming here, I was like, wow, these brothers are taking it serious. I listened to a couple and I was just like. They're like really doing their thing. I gotta be on my P's and Q's, but y'all be in here setting the folks up. Like this is this is <laughs> it. Ain't a set up, dog. <laughs> ain't a set up. This is like sending this is like sending the hot seat a little bit. You really you gotta pay attention to the conversation. I definitely do. Gotta be in it to win it. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go, Jake. And let's transition into uh black history. And we have a love for our alma mater. And out of our alma mater came a lot of great. Uh, visionaries, producers, musicians, actors, actresses, lawyers, you name it, we got it at our dear old NCC. Uh, we're going to run down a list of folks that we believe are prominent in their fields of expertise, starting with my friend's little brother. There's uh, Fonte Coleman, who I grew up with, literally, we grew up together as children. So I know Miss Coleman and all those folks, oh, that's my cousin, Fonte Coleman, who's uh, member of Little Brother with Thomas Jones, a.k.a. rapper Big Pooh. Then there's their producer, former producer, Patrick Doubter, a.k.a. Knife Wonder, who's now my business partner. We do Fast On The Lounge Apparel together. There's Eric Jones, E. Jones. Uh, he's under Knife Wonder's umbrella with Jamla and um, the Soul Council. And there's Mike City. He's uh, Iota, believe it or not, y'all. Did y'all know that? I think I, I, I read it somewhere. Yeah, I think I did. I didn't know it. Brother like, Mike City is a brother of Iota Phi Theta. Then there's Sister from Sunshine. Central. And, yeah, yeah. yeah he, Mike City from Central. Mm-hmm. And then there is Sunshine Anderson, which, of course, that mega hit. Heard it all before. And she was, I think she was Champagne. Was she Champagne? 
<laughs> she might have been. <laughs> I don't know. Roy, <laughs> where you at, baby? You want champagne? I don't know. But after we go down, down this list, uh, I, I definitely also want to reflect. Shit. I fucking... <laughs> she champagne. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, I, I do want to reflect. I love you, Sunshine. That's my girl. That's oh, yeah. yeah, so I also want to shout out like uh Dana Williams, also known as uh Yazer, you know, wonderful singer. She was there when we was in school actually. Um, you know, doing her thing with the talent shows and just performing. So she's definitely great. No, it was a big deal when she was on when she was on the video with uh Erica, Erica Badu back. Oh yeah. 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 The cat like that's our classmate on the TV right now. Yeah, yeah that was a big deal, right. definitely. Uh, our very own Warrior Vice will join us today, Gamma Gamma, all day. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah, we also got, uh, also, I'm sorry, Warrior Vice, celebrity stylist, I forgot to mention, but you know, Kishar went down the long list of things that he does. So, I'm trying to repeat all that again. <laughs> uh, Aaron Tucker, also a celebrity um, stylist that uh, they're currently working out, out of LA and he's working with um, Tyra Banks. Uh, Rashawn Rucker, Tall Sai. Uh, Emmy Award winning artist. Real, real, real. What's up, Rock? And uh, also we got uh, Reverend William Barber, uh, the you know like the the uh, the, the minister that's also like kind of advocating for equal rights. He's he's central gamma on um, gamma beta alpha phi alpha. So you definitely want to give a shout out to these brothers. Gangsta, and, gangsta. You know, what I'm saying as well as being great ethnic eagles. All right, who we got next? Um, who else we shouting out? Oh, the famous and fabulous Ernie Barnes, the artist. A lot of you might be familiar with his painting on Good Times. That was an Ernie, Ernie Barnes um, portrait. He actually had a lot of paintings on that show, actually. A lot of the paintings mm-hmm. that they did were mm-hmm. Ernie Barnes paintings. So a lot of people don't know that. Marvin Gaye's um, stuff too, album covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. my favorite artist. Right, I have right. four of his pieces. Mm-hmm. You got oh, money. house too, right? Yeah, to me, yeah, yeah, I got one. I, I get head over heels. Uh huh. Paint on okay. my, my living room. Oh, yeah, I got money. Got money. <laughs> <laughs> we also have the great, funny, talented comedian Miss Kim Coles, who started her career on Living Color. She's also part of our alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Sam Jones, the NBA Hall of Famer. That's ten Celtics. rings, boys. Ten, ten rings, all for each finger. <laughs> and we have the great Lavelle Moten, who is currently doing his thing right now on the um that's five was, rings. Yes, <laughs> on a <laughs> MEAC championship coach. He has, has a what's it, what we call a series. Do we call them? It's a series? docu-series on here. Docu-series called uh, Why Not Us. Why Not Us. Gotta check it out. Awesome. Check that out. Yep. Um, on ESPN Plus. And then we have Andre Leon Talley, fashion journalist, editor-at-large of Vogue magazine. He also has a book out, uh, which is pretty good. I haven't finished finish reading it yet, but it's pretty good. Uh, and then we have Carlita, how you say her name? Carlita Duran. Carlita Duran. Duran. She works with Knife Warren and all of them, too. And, Song, and writer, and singer. I can never say her name uh-huh. right now. And then we have Ivan Dixon, American actor, producer. He was from Hogan's Heroes. A lot of our parents may remember him. Right. I remember his face like, vaguely. And right. he is a brother of the Mighty Tallside chapter. Okay. That's, is he? Okay. That's another did cute not know that. Oh, yeah. And that will be it for me. Okay. All right. Well, you, you overran. You went right on into my list, so. 
Oh, did I? Ran right into it. One oh, over. I'm sorry. Go on, he's going to finish it up. Keep on going. Keep the play in it. It's okay. So <laughs> you was in it. You was in it. It was really good. I was. It's okay. We're going to say that just for last. We got you. that kind of stuff you. online, too. Did he? Just showing out. Yeah. Oh, you got to let him in it. You know, if you has to get it all. <laughs> anyway, I'm like, if you want to go ahead and finish it, look, we are one. Go ahead. You are it. <laughs> we are one. Um, you can take the next three at... and then let Jermaine finish it up. How about that? And then he also changes the rules as he sees fit. So there's uh, Eva Clayton, the first Black U.S. House of Representative to represent North Carolina. Uh, Shirley Caesar, greens, beans, potatoes, <laughs> tomatoes, <laughs> frogs, hogs, you name it. Um, Leroy T. Walker, who uh, our Walker Complex, our gymnasium, wow. is named That's after. He's the first Black president of the United States Olympic Committee. That's huge. Yep. Uh, and then you've got Zach Hawkins, who is also a member of the North Carolina House of Representatives, uh, Jermaine. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Warwick. Uh, we have Jennifer Jennifer L. Williams, who's the, the first female athletic director of Alabama State University. Um, Cicero Leak III is a talent manager at TLS. And, <laughs> excuse me, Cicero manages uh, Damon Jones, April Parker, and Fantasia. You mean April Parker with the oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Damon John, my bad. Damon John, my bad. Yeah. And April yeah. Uh, and Fantasia. All right. And Dan Blue, former North Carolina Speaker of the House, also is a NCCU alum. Awesome. So I'm going to give my spot to April Parker. <laughs> April's on TV. She's a huge and, actress. Yes, and she is. And, 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 there, right. And y'all left me off the list too, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm gonna put myself up there. Well, that's the thing we got. That's the thing I was gonna say too. This list is is nothing compared to all the great excellence that we have that came out of right. ECCU. Like yeah. you know, what I mean, this is just a light iceberg. List, but yeah, we just wanted to highlight, you know, right. yeah, because we just had so, an eagle that won himself a uh, Super Bowl ring. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Right. Two. We got two. <laughs> right. Yeah, we two. We two. We got yeah. Ryan Smith and Nick Leverett, who was on the practice squad. That's my my chapter brother. Mm -hmm. So we got AK and Tossai got two Super Bowl rings at one time for the first right. time. Mm -hmm. right. Great. Congratulations, yeah. Tossai. Word up. <laughs> Word up. I'm sure we'll hear all about it at homecoming when the door Wow. Open. And AK too. You're definitely going to hear from them boys. Well, that's, that's a good resurrection for them. <laughs> oh, well. Touche, worry, right? Touche. Yo. Well, Hold on, before you go, Jermaine, though, um, Kwame, it was a conversation we was having a, a week ago. We were talking about how we were talking about our excellence at our school mm -hmm. compared to uh, like Howard. <clears throat> can, can you share oh, some, like, well, that conversation that we were talking about? Well, yeah, pretty much that Mika Shire, we were just talking about like, like I said, all these all these talented people that, that came out of North Carolina Central. Like, that's a lot of people. A lot of people got great careers, great, I mean, whether it has to be the most spectacular thing, but you might be right. lawyers, you might have like like high position government workers, you may have like all kinds of business people, but like making sure we're talking about like Central got a lot of people that came out that got some kind of fame. And that's the only only university that I can think of that may 
have more names that I can think on top of my, my head. HBCU wise is Howard possibly, but when- that's probably because of the platform and how it historically has has had has established. Yeah, but outside that, I mean, if, if with me, I mean, if I'm missing somebody or missing a school that I'm not thinking about, I'm not seeing other schools don't have it. But it just like right. we have a, definitely a lot of people, and I think that well, us going to Central is like like you're 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 touching this greatness, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, and you're noticing certain things. Like I said, you, you're in class with these people, you, you're you know, studying with these people, you're hanging out with these people and everything, you're rubbing elbows with, right. with those people. So you start learning these things and you might not be into the, you know, into some of the things that other people are, but it's still, it's still affecting you. So it's almost like, I look at Central, for me, it's almost like, of course, it's a liberal arts university, but I almost look at the performance arts university in a sense. It feels that way to me sometimes. Like, like all the production, all the talent shows, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember going to class and, and you know, Arts and humanities, we, we have to put on a talent show. I mean, things like that. You know what I mean? Um, right. Just me, m- myself, being part of my senior year, being part of the uh, damn, I the, uh, the coordination. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think I'm Mr. Own Nation. Yeah, Mr. I was Mr. Five Best Slim that year, my senior oh, year. Yeah. And and just, also, help choreograph. By the way, who did that? Shocking, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So it was just like yeah, he I was, was in a, that show. You sure it was. Yeah. So it was almost like, you know what I'm saying, like, like we, we was just, you know, just being part of learning how, like, the music play, learning all this stuff, mm-hmm. and you don't realize how that stuff, like, now I, I view things the right. same way now, and I don't think I would have got that if I didn't go to Central specifically, so that is my two cents on that. I think you speak for all of us, too. I think you speak for all of us. I think I think we're able to nail to, like, cognitively articulate, like, how how influenced we've been by mm-hmm. just being part of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and right. speaking of influence, let me tell y'all something. I'm gonna say this. Uh this our our dose of dopeness this week goes to our guest. And before I even say anything further, I remember when Rory used to wear those Durango boots with those jeans. And I can't remember um the types of shirts, but anyway, me being a very confident man in person, I always admired Rory's confidence. It was like thank you. I'm, I'm so serious. It was, you know, it's certain things in life you do that just says, fuck you, like wearing a Rolex, a certain type of Rolex or driving uh-huh. a Lamborghini or something like that. But Warrior just had that. When I step out, either you like it or you don't. And guess what? If you don't, how about you, right? And I, I, I admire that because I swear I admire that because that's one of the standards I live by. Anyway, those are dopeness this week. Those two. Thank uh, you. Warrior Bryce. Fashion stylist, uh, New York native, Harlem native. As a matter of fact, I'm going to let you just introduce whatever you want to do. Uh, use the platform to, to, to highlight your platform and get a dose of dopeness for this week. And promote well, these first, camps? Me... Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and we yeah, need those. I... You gotta get I'm kind of blown away right now. I don't, I don't even know what to say because this has actually been, um, this is a humbling conversation. I, I admire all four of you uh, individually and have a different level of respect for you. And um, to see where we've all come from in school to where we are now and just how, you know, the support level amongst black men period is is here. Um, it's appreciated, I'll, I'll say that for in, in the least. Um, my dose of dopeness. Uh, Jamie's got it right in front of him. Uh, so um, 
one of the things that changed for me over the course of the pandemic, I launched a luxury candle line. And um, yeah, it was it was kind of a leap. It's something that I've been talking about for a while. I really didn't know how or where I wanted to go with it. Um, anyone that knows me knows that I love fragrance and I have a pretty extensive fragrance collection, probably over 300 bottles of exotic fragrances. Um, and so when people see me, I always think, how can I leave an impression without leaving an impression? And 90% of the time people tell me that I smell good. Shout out to all the big guys that smell good. Um, <laughs> Cause there's some of us that don't. Um, <laughs> But um, it, it was Man, it's on, kind of become my signature. Like people are always like, I have, I literally have people that'll walk up to me and they're like, let me just smell you. And um, so creating a fragrance is a very, very tedious process. I'm also a lover of candles. I'm currently sitting in a hotel room and um, I take candles everywhere I go. Anybody that's ever been in my hotel room, they know. There is some type of scent burning somewhere <laughs> to the point where I've actually had hotel staff come and just like knock on the door and they're like, we just want to know what that is. And I'm oh, like, wow. Yeah. Like I, I changed the smell of, I, I like to create my own environment. Wow. And so once we got locked down, that was the thing for me. How do you create this environment? Um, so I did, uh, I partnered up with my agent and we created these three fragrances and decided that we would just create a system. So there's one, two, three. Once those candles are gone, every fourth candle will be a limited edition candle and then we'll introduce the next series. So I've mm. been working and from this series, we're missing number seven, but this is four, five, six in the, in the can, ready to go. Uh, so four right here, will be launching in March. Um, and every fourth candle will be a destination. So this is, Aww. this one will be after Las Terrenas, which is in the Dominican Republic. It's kind of like a beach in the mountains. Mm. It has this wow. incredible, just like, it smells like sand, but it smells like coconut. And there's a little bit of wood because people build fires and things of that nature. So it has like a, a nice scent to it. And then there's five, six and seven that'll be coming right after that in April. Um, and then at the end of the year, we'll offer all of the candles for that year again, so that people can re-up and buy and so on and so forth. But, um, I just want to bring people into the world of smell, let them expand their, their noses. Um, another project that I have coming out later this year is, uh, called Fashion Forecast and it's mm -hmm. a weather app. I think I might've sent it to some of you. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Um, I'll get it to you other guys later. But um, yeah, it's a weather app that helps you to uh, pick your fashion trends mm. based on the weather of where you're traveling, where you're awesome. going, or where you are. Um, so yeah, a couple of things cooking up. Awesome. Now, wow. well, me, where, where, I, where, I, I see that Jamie. Your candles? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, Jamie has the candle. How, how can we get our hands on those? So those are available at www.vicebyvice.com. One, two, and three are available. I actually think number two is sold out. 
To be yeah. honest. <laughs> Good problem to have. <laughs> Which is funny, but it's funny because that was the candle. So that was the candle, like, when it all came down to it. One was easy to make because I knew what I wanted it to smell like. Three was easy to make because I knew exactly what I wanted to smell like. And then when it comes to fruity, like, I'm not a citrusy person. I don't want things that are going to make me sneeze or, like, super heavy fruity smells. Like, I don't like candles that smell like food. Mm-hmm. Like, like, doesn't work for me. So coming up with that type of scent, it, it took a little while because I needed to have a little bit of funk on it. And what's funny is that a lot of men and women, a lot of couples enjoy that candle because it's yeah, something that they loves it too. Indeed. Yeah. It's, indeed. It's like, <laughs> yeah. The fellas can burn it and still feel a type of way and the ladies mm. burn it. And they're like, this is good. Like, it's a great balanced candle. So that, that candle yes. actually might reappear sooner than later because a lot of people do love it. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's funny or when you said about the travel and the stuff because I think like after kind of like you know we would go out hang out homecoming whatever like that swing by the room and, you know whatever and you like you said you always have like a candle going I'm like damn what's the smell <laughs> and it's like now it's kind of like my vibe too uh, I'm not as consistent as I should be with it but when I travel I try to remember to make sure I bring a candle with me and it does kind of set the mood and just let you relax and you just like it's your own atmosphere. So that's something I definitely. That's something uh, that I started at Central. Oh really? Oh okay. When I was living at 106 <laughs> Maine, I well shit. When I was living in 218 Maine, I was burning candles crazy. Uh, my roommate was a football player, and I just <laughs> you had to burn them candles. He's thinking ass pads brought to me. <laughs> Those gray sweats and black Those gray sweats. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's when plugins first came out, but they wasn't that was enhancing. Yeah, <laughs> so I got into candles. That was, that was the beginning of it. Yeah, <laughs> well, shit, y'all know y'all all lived on first floor annex, so that was yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, we know. Well, we thank you, Warrior. Really do appreciate you being here. Really, really do. But before we wrap, I just had to ask you something. Can you, before we close out, can you give us, in your opinion, the biggest fashion mistake that you see women make and the biggest fashion mistake that you see men make? Good question. Off the top of your head, before we wrap. Uh, I'll start with men. I hate when I see men wear suits and they leave the label here. God, yeah, yeah, right. Mm. Fellas, it, it's not it's not the tag that stays. That's actually the tag that goes. Right. <laughs> Take it off. And also open the vents in the back of your suit. Mm. It's meant to be open. It's yeah, not. open it. And your pockets. <laughs> yeah. Open your right. pockets, put in your pockets. Yep. There's the stitching yep. on the back, that little X that's on the back where you cut it up. Closes. That's not a design. It's, that's, <laughs> it's actually just a tailored stitch that's meant to be open. Um, gotcha. And I don't know if it's a specific. I always tell women to find the right undergarments, the right foundation. Um, style is individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like we spoke about confidence and things of that nature. But I think that shapewear and it goes for men, too, because there's mm-hmm. shapewear for men as right. well. Right. We are of a certain age, and sometimes when we put things on, you want everything to sit up and sit smooth. And um, so, yeah, I just get the right undergarments. That's all. Don't be spelling. 
Don't be spilling. Don't be spilling. That's the hashtag for when y'all put this up. Don't be spilling. Don't be spilling. But thank you guys you. for having me. I'm I'm really happy that we did this. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. Glad you did to come well, on, man. We enjoyed it. Appreciate you. Man. Well, that is a wrap for us, ladies and gentlemen. We are closing out. If you need to hit us up in the DMs, leave us some messages, five stars. You can catch us at Four Times Dope Podcast on IG, Four Times Dope Podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, Four Times Dope Podcast One. And if you're interested in being a sponsor, please hit us up at Four Times Dope Podcast at gmail.com. Until the next time, we out.